focuses on uh, serving or servanthood or uh, being involved, being part of the team. Thanks, guys. Can we give them a big hand as well, all the musos, singers? Great job. Wonderful worship. It's a tremendous presence of God here this morning. Amen. <laughs> you know, um, my message is called Mobilized for Ministry. And often when we hear the word ministry, uh, we think of a minister, capital M, minister, and we associate ministry with someone or something that's uh, set aside or, or is restricted to, to clergy or professional ministers or pastors. Um, and yet that would be a, a uh, mistake if we think that that's what a minister is, is just someone that does what I do here. That's a capital M minister. But God's desire and God's plan is that we are all ministers. And it, as we read through the Bible, we see that God constantly calls us all ministers. Um, he also calls us all saints, uh, which, you know, even the word saint, sometimes we think, oh, that's someone who's lived an incredible life, like a Mother Teresa or something like that, and they're a saint. But, but the Bible says that uh, we are all the saints. We're all the saints of God. No one is, in, in God's eyes, greater or lesser than anybody else if we're in Christ and we're living for Him. Um, so He's called us, He's called you, He's called I, He's called all of us into the church so that we would together go about the purpose of God, so that we would together look to bring the kingdom as we pray, your kingdom come and your will be done in our own personal world and life and then in our extended family, uh, then in our church, in our region, in our country and in the world. Um, and so he's asking every one of us to, to put the Guernsey on, to get that Wallaby jersey out <laughs> to, uh, and to go out on the field that, that none of us are designed to just sit on the sidelines. None of us are just designed to sit in the seats and watch what's going on as believers, as Christians, that we're just there to spectate, that we're just there to observe or we're just there to, to watch. Um, we're all called to be a part of Jesus' team, God's team, to be part of the church. And you might say, you know, I've got nothing to offer, um, but I, I want to, uh, I want to uh, over the next 15 minutes or so, show you that I believe you do have something to offer and that God's given you something to offer. Um, so did you know, I've got five, uh, four, point, four or five points, depending on how the time goes. Number one, did you know that you were created for ministry? That's why God created you. The word ministry actually is an aside, it actually means to serve. That's what the word means. In the original language, to minister is to serve, to serve God, to serve other people. Um, so you were created for ministry. Ephesians 2.10 in the message translation says this, No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus. Why? To join him in the work he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. Um, so... 
what he's saying is that we're created, we've been joined to Christ for a certain type of work. Uh, and that every gift and talent that we've got has been given to us by God for God. Every ability, every skill, every talent that we use to generate funds, to, to build a business or to work, all of those skills, all of those talents, our, our cerebral power or our physical strength, all of those things the Bible says were given to us by God and for God. Now, if we get to use them also to provide for our own needs and our own family and all those things, God has no problem with that. In fact, that's part of it. But the initial and the, and the main reason that he's given what we've got is for him. It's by him and for him. Colossians 1.16 says this, All things have been created, talking about Jesus Christ, all things have been created through him and for him. So you and I and everything else was created by God and it was all created for Him so that we are created to serve Him. We are created. In fact, He's shaped us and He's formed us and He's designed us in a certain way that we can bring those attributes and those skills, those talents, those abilities and bring them to Him to extend His kingdom. Um, you know, we there's a well-known quote by a guy called Eric Liddell. Who's heard of Eric Liddell? Speaking of the Olympics at the moment, but he was the guy that the movie Chariots of Fire uh, was made about. Uh, and he was the guy that he, he was supposed to run um, in the 200 for the gold medal, and he didn't run because it was on a Sunday, and he wouldn't run on what he called the Lord's Day. Uh, he wanted to make a stand for his faith and, and for his beliefs. And uh, you, if you've seen the movie, you'd know this quote, speaking about God's talents and abilities. He said, God made me fast, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. And you know, God's made you in a certain way, and you've got skills and abilities, whether they're, uh, whether they're um, with your mind or with your uh, creativity or, or we've all got different strengths and abilities, whether it be in different um, areas of education. Some are good at mathematics. Um, put your hand up if you're good at mathematics. Who are the math people in the in the? There's some. Who's good at who? Who prefers uh, the humanities? Who prefers sciences? So, so there's a mixture. We all have our preferences. We've got areas that we feel more comfortable with. We that we have more of an affinity with them, and that's no accident. God has designed you in that way, shaped you in that way, and the way we use those things uh, are important. God made me fast, he said. And when I use the gift that he gave me, I feel his pleasure. And it's important that whatever creativity or whatever thing that we're doing, that, that we realize that when we use that thing, God smiles. When we use the gift that he's given us, when we use the talents, the skills, when we develop them to their full potential, and that we use them for his glory and, and for our own provision and the things that we do, as we do that, God smiles because he goes, that is the way I made you to work. But Eric Liddell had another quote that wasn't in the movie, and you may not have heard of it, but he said this, we are all missionaries. And wherever we go, we either bring people nearer to Christ or we repel them from Christ. And so... 
when we use the gifts and talents and the abilities, they're in the context of God's kingdom. And that we are in the framework or our own worldview or our own paradigm that we're thinking when we're going to work, when we're doing these things, that they're in the context of the kingdom. And when we come, you can be the, you can be the biggest brainiac in the world and, and God's given you, say, incredible understanding of science and stuff, but if you repel people, then it's not a good advertisement for him. And so it's taking those skills and those talents, but realizing that as we use them, God smiles, but it's also in the context of the bigger picture, that people are the most important thing to God. And that when we use them, and we're using them in a way that connects with people and that we have opportunities then to share about our faith. There's no greater purpose in which we invest our time, our energy, our money, our life than in the purposes of God, than in the eternal things, the things that will last forever, the things that will never end. Like pieces on a chessboard, you've been shaped, you've been designed to play a particular part in that, the game of life, if you like. Some of us are queens. Some of us, <laughs> no comment. <coughs> Some of us are pawns. <laughs> Some of us are knights. Some of us are rooks. But God designs the church and he designs the body in a certain way so that when we all do our part, when we all play our part, then we all go forward and we all win. That we all are achieving what God wants to be achieved. Um, and when like pieces of a chess sorry I just read in my own notes <laughs> you've been shaped to play a part I don't know what I mean by this <laughs> if you don't bring your piece to the board the whole time oh yeah so now <laughs> that's an amazing point right there <laughs> if you don't turn up if you're the knight or you're the rook or you're the, the part and and you don't turn up to the chessboard, then that the whole team suffers because that piece is not theirs. It's not like, oh, I'm just on my own doing my own thing. No, it's the body of Christ. The church is connected. It's not just people that gather, all individuals gather individually and then go off. No, God unites us. He connects us. He puts us together to go, I want you guys to achieve a certain thing. And when we don't bring our bit, when we don't bring whatever it is that we have, then we all suffer. We all are held back. We all are limited. And so it's important that we all say, you know, I want to bring something to the body. I want to bring something to the church. Could be time, could be energy, could be money, could be all three of those things. But in some way, we're contributing to God's purpose in this place. We want to see this auditorium filled on a Sunday. We want to see those kids' rooms filled every Sunday, spilling out into the, into the cafe, into those areas. We want to reach more people with the care service and see that growing and expanding. We want to, we want to touch lives for Jesus Christ. We want to impact this area for Christ. We want to, we want to change and, and improve and, and, um, the, the spiritual and the social well-being of this area in multiple and, and various ways. And we're all a part of that. We all contribute to that when we bring our tithes and our offerings, when we bring our time, when we serve, and so many people serving in so many ways. And, and not 
all in the same way, but we bring what we have. Um, but it's also important that the way the kingdom works is we think, oh, I don't have money, so I'll give time, or I don't have time, so I'll give money, or I don't have either, so I'll just do whatever. <laughs> um, but the way the kingdom works is that the thing that you have li- less of, if you give that, then God gives you more of it. And they're the areas of challenge. He'll say, you know, I, I'll, you d- I don't have much time, but if you give time, God will create time in your world. Or when it comes to our finances and our giving, we go, well, I just, I don't, I, I can't afford to do that at the moment. And yet as we step out in that area, then God creates more of that thing, the thing that we give, the thing that we need as we invest it, God makes more of it. Um, so we are created for ministry and we're shaped in a certain way and when we bring our skills and our abilities and our talents and we invest them in the kingdom in whatever way, shape or form, then we are creating a team that's going to make a difference uh, in this area. That's good preaching. Yeah, that deserves a, that deserves a, a little bit of encouragement. <laughs> yeah, that's better. So number one, created for ministry. Number two, you were saved for ministry. 2, Tim, two Timothy 1, 9, and then a New Living Translation says this, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. How amazing is that? Before time began, he shaped you. Before time began, he designed you. Before time began, you were in his mind and he was shaping. And That just blows me away. Before time began. That's how important you are to God. Shape, design. Nobody makes anything for no reason. Nobody just makes a thingamajig. What is it? Oh, it's a thingamajig. No, everything that's created, everything that's made is designed, it's shaped for a purpose, for a reason. And so were you. Uh, So Jesus Christ took a hold of your life for a reason. When you either put up your hand to ask Christ into your life or came down the front in a service or an evangelistic outreach or in youth or or at some point and you, you prayed a prayer that asked Jesus Christ into your life, God wasn't up on his throne. Jesus is sitting there and you put up your hand or go down the front and the father leans over to the son and goes, who's that? <laughs> can, can you do a Google search? <laughs> can, you, can you find out who that person is? I've got no idea who that is coming out the front. I've got no idea who that is. It's saying, yes, I want to ask you into my life. He knows. Because he formed you, he shaped you, he designed you, and he reaches out to us. And when we reach out to him, that's exactly what we were designed to do. That's how we were shaped. You know, when Jesus was walking along in the, in the book of Matthew, and it says that he was walking along and he came up to a tax collector. His name was Matthew. Matthew was talking about himself, and Jesus came up to him and said, follow me. And it says he left everything behind all his money, his job, his career, all the opportunities, he just walked away and he said, I'm going to follow Jesus. <coughs> I don't believe Jesus was just walking along the beach one day and he just went, 
Oh, this guy will do. <laughs> I don't think he went eeny, meeny, miny. Mo, you follow me. It's not random. It's not coincidence. It's not happenstance. God is sovereign and he's designed you and he's designed the world. And he's got things in play. It's not playing out the way he originally designed it because we, were, we didn't play ball right from the start. That's why Jesus had to come to get things back in order. But when we reach out to him, we ask him into our world, we begin to live and find out exactly why we, we are the way we are, exactly what we're supposed to be doing and how we're supposed to be doing it. That's the gospel. That's what Jesus does. You are saved for ministry, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. You've been called by God. Discovering what that is is the most important thing that we can do in our lives. Number three, we're, we're not only created for ministry, we're not only saved for ministry, oh, we're called into ministry. That is, that's my third point. I just talked about that. I'll read the scripture anyway. 1 Peter 2, 9. And the message translation says this, but you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do His work and speak out for Him to tell others of the night and day difference He made for you. So the work of the ministry is the, callest, call, is the highest calling on the planet, but it's not, this is not it. When we, when we think ministry, we, we've, we've got a concept an idea, but it is about wherever we are and whatever we're doing, wherever we're called in work and in our life and where we're living, that that is, that's your parish. That's your church. That's your area to influence for Jesus. And it's the highest calling on the planet. Number four, not only were we Created for ministry, saved for ministry, called into ministry, but we were gifted for ministry. 1 Peter 4.10 in the New Living Translation says this, God has given gifts to each of you for his great, from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. You've got gifts. You think, oh, no, I, no, I don't. But the things that you find easy, other people find hard. You say, yeah, but I've had to work hard at that. Yeah, but it was given to you in the first place. <coughs> it's like me working on a car, which I don't, but let's just say I did. <laughs> um, you know, I'm fixing it up, I'm doing whatever, and I go, look what I've done to this car. Yeah, but the car was given to me first. It's not like I didn't create the car. It's given to us. Whatever those things are that we have have been given to us and what we do with them, that's part of our calling to expand them, to invest them, to manage them in a certain way, but, they, but they're given to us and we are gifted for ministry. We're prepared for ministry. Ephesians 4.11, it was he who gave us some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for the work of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. We're all called, we're all brought together, preparing. So part of my job is to, is to prepare you, to teach you, to, to bring us together in a certain way. I play a position in the church, just like a team has different positions. We don't all do the same thing. The church is not a bus. I talked about this last week, where we go, oh yeah, I'll go to that church and I'm the bus driver. And I sit up the front and you just get on the bus and 
sit up the back and go, all right, let's go. And uh, play on our phones or do whatever we do. And we're on the bus for a while. And when, we're, when we don't want to go where the bus is going anymore, we go, I'll get off that bus now and go and get on another bus. That's not the church. That's not what we're supposed to be doing. My role is to play a certain position, to coordinate things, to lead things, to uh, invest in people and, and, and do those kind of things. And other leaders are leading other areas of the church. We've got Ruthie and all the teams, some of the guys sitting up the back there now who are overseeing all the kids' church. We've got musicians. We've got all these different areas, C3 Cares, all these different areas where people are called by God, raised up, trained, equipped, mobilized to, to have an effect for the kingdom of God. I want to encourage you this morning to think about what can I do? What can I bring? What can I invest to see our church, to see this team fulfill its calling in God, to move forward, to do more, to take a hold of what God's called us to do and to bring the gospel and to bring the spirit of Christ into the inner west. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. And the last point is that we are rewarded for ministry. Colossians 3, 23 to 24. Work hard. Is that in the Bible? <laughs> I thought we were all just meant to sit around and pray. No, work hard, cheerfully. Now there's a challenge on a Monday morning. <laughs> work hard and cheerfully at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and the master you are serving is Christ. As we take that attitude in the, the area that we're called, as we realize that wherever we go into, that we are called to be ministers, we carry the presence of God. We're there to bring encouragement. We're there to bring up uh, a spirit of, of um, upliftedness. <laughs> We're there to pray for people if they need praying. We're there as priests. We're there as ministers. We're there to make a difference. That's what God's called us to do. And then we gather in here. We worship. We get encouraged. We get uh, stirred, challenged. We pray. And then we go out again to be Christ, as Martin Luther called us, little Christ in the world. We're carrying the presence of Christ. We go out and we bring his spirit into the areas that we're called and we make a difference. That's what it's about. I want to encourage you here this morning to think, how can I do that at a greater level? And ask the Lord, Lord, I want to be more effective. I, I want to be more involved. I want to make more of a difference. I want to carry more of your presence. And as you pray that prayer, you reach out to God. You think about those things. You watch what God begins to do. Doors he begins to open. Things he begins to say, you can do this, or you can do that, or you can get involved here. You can make a difference there. I want to finish with a quote by Theodore Roosevelt. You've probably heard it before, but I just find it incredibly inspiring. <coughs> it's not in the Bible, but it's still not bad. It says this, It's not the critic who counts. <coughs> Anyone can criticize. Anyone can go, Oh, that's rubbish. Oh, that's no good. Oh, why did they do that? Anyone can criticize the wallabies. <laughs> but it's not the critic who counts it's not the person who points out how the strong man stumbled or where the doer of deeds could have done them better it's easy for us to sit back and go oh he could have done this or he could have done that the credit belongs to the man or the woman 
who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes short again and again, who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, um, and spends them in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of achieve, high achievement, who at the, at the best knows the en- in the end the triumph of high achievement, that's the All Blacks, <laughs> and who at the worst, if they fail, at least fail while daring greatly so that their place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. I don't want to be that kind of person. I don't want to be the critic sitting back the armchair critic, <laughs> the popcorn critic. Yeah, this things could have been done better. Yeah, this can change, that can change. But God wants every one of us to be on the field, in the arena, competing, working, getting the ball at times, charging into the opposition. <laughs> sometimes you get tired, sometimes you get worn, sometimes you cop a hit in the kingdom. There is an enemy. There is a spiritual force. There's the devil and his kingdom and cohorts against the church. You will come under attack at times, particularly if you're trying to take the ball forward. If you're never finding any spiritual opposition, you're probably not doing much. He doesn't need to worry. The opposition do not worry about the people sitting on the sideline. The substitutes. You don't don't worry about the substitutes. They're not in the game. You don't have to watch what they're doing. You don't see players on the field going, what are the subs doing? They're not worried about it because they're not going to impact the game. I don't want to be a substitute just sitting on the game or up in the, in the stands watching what's going on. You know what? I don't want you to be either. I want you to fulfill God's purpose for your life. I want you to take your skills, your talents, your abilities, to see them develop, to see them grow, to see them mature and to see you being effective for God's kingdom for your own world, for your own um, influence and seeing his kingdom come in your world and his will done in our lives. There's no greater reason, no greater purpose in this world than that. Why don't we close our eyes here this morning. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you your word works, Lord. Father, I thank you you've called every one of us to be on the field, in the team, with the jersey, competing as a team, as a unit, working together, encouraging and supporting, empowering one another to see your kingdom come, to see your will done, Lord, in our own lives, in in those around us, in our church and in our city and beyond. Father, we thank you. Why don't we all stand? Why don't you just take a minute right now and say, what can I do? How can I play a part? And I know many people are already involved and already doing stuff and and it's not to, uh, to belittle or to take away from already investment. It's not... And it's not a a request or requirement to go above and beyond your capacity and burn yourself out. But as you stand here today in the presence of God, 
we listen to his still small voice, we can say, God, is there something more that I can do? Thank you for your presence, God. If you're here today, maybe you're away from God, maybe you've never asked him in your life or into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. Up until this point, you've pretty much lived for yourself, done your own thing. But here today, you're saying, you know what? I want to discover Jesus Christ and what he has for me and his purpose for my life. Or maybe you're away from God and you know it. You're not living the way you're supposed to be living. You're not doing the things you know you're supposed to be doing. But here today, you're saying, God, I'm coming back. I'm getting back on track. I'm making you number one again in my life. If that's you here today, with every head bowed, every eyes closed, slip up your hand so I can see it, and I'll pray with you at the end of the service. Thanks, buddy. Who else is there? Say, yeah, that's me. I need to, I just need to get my life right. I need to get back on track, back with Jesus, putting him first again. Anybody else, just put your hand up so I can see it, and I'll pray with you at the end of this service. Thank you, God. We worship you and we praise you. pray your blessing upon every person here. I thank you, Lord. You've put gifts, you've put talents, you've put abilities in every single person standing here today. And I break the power of any voice <coughs> that echoes in the head of any person that says that you have no value, that you have no purpose, that you have no skill, that you have no abilities, that you have no worth. I bind that voice right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I break the power of it. Any voice, any word that holds people back, that holds people bound, that limits them, in the name of Jesus Christ, I speak freedom. Loose it right now from the power of those words in Jesus' name. I thank you, God. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in every life, in every person, in this city, in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Let's give